This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son so that your Son might glorify you, just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your Son might be eternal life to all who you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorify you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave to me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I have with you before the war began. I revealed your name to those who you gave me out of the world. They belonged to me, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave to me I have given to them, and they accepted them, and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine. I have given glorifying them. I now will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. This seventh Sunday of Easter begins the final week of the Easter season leading up to the celebration of Pentecost next Sunday. The experience of Jesus' resurrection by his first disciples that we follow year by year as his disciples today begins with his resurrection on Easter Sunday. It continues with his appearing to them and speaking to them about the kingdom of God according to the chronology of the Acts of the Apostles for 40 days. It then includes their witnessing Jesus' visibly ascending to heaven. We celebrated this last we celebrated that this past Thursday. And then the fulfillment, the culmination of Easter, the first Easter, is the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost when the reality of Jesus' resurrection is breathed into the deepest souls, the deepest part of the souls of all of his disciples. So if you've been praying that the grace of salvation that is alive on this planet at Easter of 2023 enter into you and grow in you to send you into this world for the year ahead, stick with it. Just stick with the same experience of those first disciples as we approach Pentecost. I'll recap what we celebrated this past Thursday. To repeat, Jesus appears, the risen Jesus, to his disciples for 40 days, speaking to them about the kingdom of God. The scripture writers say that he tells them to remain in Jerusalem because they're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that is Pentecost. Right before he ascends, Jesus makes clear to the disciples in answer to their question that he's not gonna give them a chronology of how his kingdom is going to unfold 
as in today or anything in detail in the future. He tells them two things about their future, that when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they are going to receive power. You and I know this. They are going to receive the fullness of salvation, the power of Jesus' resurrection inside themselves, and they are going to be his witnesses. Witness means people who live the love of Jesus in what they say and what they do. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, the wider region, and to the ends of the earth. Two things. You're going to receive this power of salvation, and you are going to be my witnesses to everybody else on this planet. That's what he wants them to know, and it turns out that's all they need to know about their futures. So Jesus ascends to heaven, and then they do what he's told them to do. They remain in Jerusalem. That's where we pick up in today's first reading, first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. They go back to Jerusalem, and they stay in the upper room where they have been staying. This includes the 11 disciples, who's not there anymore, Judas. Judas is not coming down for breakfast. Judas is off the planet. The 11 remaining of the 12 disciples, some women, Jesus' mother, Mary, and his brothers. I think you know this. That word Adelphoi in Greek can be a biological brother, but we know Jesus doesn't have biological brothers. It also means extended family, like cousins. It also means spiritual brothers. The people closest to Jesus go back to Jerusalem And at this point in the Acts of the Apostles, it says they do one thing. They do many things, but fundamentally, they devote themselves with one accord to prayer. They've been told that this mysterious but real gift from God, baptism in the Holy Spirit, is to come. That is clearly linked to the entire rest of their lives. So they make the decision to remain, all of them, with one accord, they devote themselves to prayer. Where do you think they get the idea to do that? From Jesus, exactly. They have learned very well from Jesus. The scripture emphasizes to us that in his earthly ministry, before he does big things, Jesus prays. He enters into a more intense communion with God his Father. Before his baptism, Jesus prays. Before he chooses his 12 disciples, Jesus prays. Before his transfiguration, when his full glory is revealed. We heard that during, when did we hear that? Lent? Yes, during Lent, Jesus prays. And most importantly, I'm sure for them, before his passion at the Last Supper, Jesus prays. Jesus at the Last Supper, that's what we just heard that passage from John. He prays for himself, and he prays for his disciples. He doesn't pray for the people who are opposed to God at that point. He is about to make the choice to enter into his passion. He prays for himself, and he prays for his disciples. I am sure they follow that example when they go to that upper room preparing for the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. I believe you can understand And I hope that many of you can even feel the parallel to us today. Those disciples in the upper room are highly aware of their limitations, their sinfulness, their smallness. They have mostly abandoned Jesus, not all of them, at his passion. 
Many of us are the same. Many of you really lived Lent, really took seriously for six weeks an honest consciousness of your sin and your need for growth as disciples of Jesus. That is a great place to be. Those disciples are also completely clear. Jesus has risen from the dead. There's no doubt about it. Jesus has ascended to heaven. They know where he's gone. I hope all of you, or at least most of us, through the grace of this season, are clear about that. I have a lot of questions about life. I have a lot of questions about myself. I know 100% Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. I know absolutely that he has ascended to heaven. He's not in Draken, certainly not in Draken. He has ascended to heaven. They are well aware that he has told them about their future. You are going to receive this power through the Holy Spirit. You are going to be my witnesses to the world. Even if you don't, no matter how you feel about that, I really think most people in this community understand that. Whether you like it or not, I hope you like it, whether you like the whole picture or not, you, at the moment you were baptized, received the full power of salvation in the entirety of your soul. It does not matter what you think about this fundamentally, you have been given a single commission through baptism to get out into this world and to live as a witness of Jesus Christ. So with all of that together, I presume in those 10 days between the Ascension and the Pentecost, they are praying for themselves and for the rest of his disciples that God give them the gifts to know this power and that God give them the gifts that they need to live as his witnesses in this world. This is the simplest homily you will ever hear from me because Christians have been doing this for about 2,000 years, from the first Pentecost every single year. In the time between Ascension and Pentecost, which is this week, I invite you to join me, all of us, to devote ourselves with one accord to prayer, with the consciousness of who we are, that Jesus has risen, and what he's commissioned us to do, to do the very same thing that those disciples did. This week, one day at a time, each day, to pray for you as an individual and to pray for us as Jesus' disciples that we in 2023 in Lawrence, Massachusetts, receive through the grace of Pentecost next Sunday the gifts that God wants to give us to get out in this world as renewed witnesses of Jesus, to have this grace of the Easter season grow and send us out. One way I do this, I encourage you to consider doing it, is you can pick a person or people, each of the next starting today for seven days, so starting with each day yourself, but then, for example, your spouse today you and your spouse, Monday, you and your children, or you and your parents, Tuesday, you and your extended family who do believe in Jesus, the next day, you and this parish, the next day, you and all of us in this country who are responsible for witnessing to Jesus, whatever relationships you want to put in, each day to just spend some time 
considering what do I believe I need and this person or these people to grow as active witnesses of Jesus. Number one, to know the power of salvation that's already within us. And number two, to get out in the real world today to live as his witnesses. If you choose to do that, you can do it individually, you can do it as a couple, you can do it as a family, you can do it as a prayer group, you can do it in a classroom at Lawrence Catholic Academy, to simply devote yourself with one accord to prayer this week, to be his witnesses in Lawrence throughout the Merrimack Valley and Massachusetts and to the ends of the earth. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.